What's up, folks? It is Friday evening. Yes, normally we're on on a Thursday night, but because this is part two of episode 100, and we can't thank you enough, the viewers, the fans, those who fill the seats virtually and or on the audio side, we appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Thank you for sharing with your friends, like and subscribe to the show. We do appreciate it. And also, tonight, Fuji will be off tonight for other uh, engagements he had to make sure he got involved with. But it'll be me and a special treat when it comes to the guest tonight filling in for Fuji. It is my brothers over from the 7 to 9 show on Redline Radio, LLC, Steel City Renegades with Dave and Lee. Now, normally they call themselves different names on the show, just a little bit, but because over here we do things a little bit differently, not or less, but with Dave and Lee, they're on tonight. We're going to tell you all about what we do on Steel City Renegades from 79. So if you're a Steelers fan or just a fan in general when it comes to podcasts, check us out on Sunday nights over there, and I'll bring in the guys here momentarily. We'll have tonight on the interviews with Brandon Lee Gowden, with D-Gun, of course, D-Gun from Gun on One, uh, also Ed Kratz, and then Frank Close. So we're going to start off with the guys here. We'll bring in the uh, the rest of the gang. So stay tuned. This is the second night again. First night being so successful, uh, we have a, had to have a second night just because of the amount of people we had on there. So that was about two hours and 24 minutes. Tonight won't be as long, but I appreciate everybody who came back tonight. So with that being said, it is exciting. Once again, part two of episode 100. I'm Angel. This is Broad Street South. Now, with that being said, and by the way, normally Fuji always asking me how it is tonight and everything else. Today was 85 degrees down here in Tampa. Absolutely beautiful weather. Blue skies. I know up north, you guys are enjoying the comfortable temperatures, but it seems like it's going to get cold next week. But out in Ohio, Steelers fans nation, they know it does not get any colder than up that way. Other than maybe you being in Minnesota. But with that being said, I am bringing on the two most famous guys in Steeler Nation from Steel City Renegades. We have Dave Wallencheck in the number 90 yellow jersey and Lee Money with the Ghostbusters Christmas hat. Fellas, how are you this evening? Oh, man. I, how, how did you get that video, man? Like, Dave and I were just loving that video that you showed to open the show, man. That was uh, created by yours truly. So it was uh, some oh. work being involved there. So, yeah, that was uh, yours truly put that together when uh, there was a couple of rough drafts, and that's the one I am sticking with. So the music that starts off with, I created that along with the uh, with the presentation that goes along with it. All right, Angel. Nice. Awesome. Nice. First and foremost, want to say thank you for having us on. Secondly, Absolutely. congratulations on number 100, man, and we are so happy to be a part of part two of uh, episode 100, man, and congratulations to you and your crew and your producer and everybody over there who made it possible. Thank you very much. Listen, it's very much appreciated, and it's uh, it's not easy, as you guys know, the same way. And by the way, I see Timbuktu there chiming yep. in. Yeah, he's actually he's actually sitting in Studio One right now, and we're live in the Growing Wings Adult Services Studio. Lisa Summers is a sponsor. We cannot thank her enough for uh, being the title sponsor of this station, man. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that Lisa's done with us is, has been amazing, and we love everything that she does, and we can't wait for this studio to grow uh, after the first of the year. 
It's, it's, I, I, I've seen pictures. It looks very nice. Uh, once again, a major, major upgrade from Studio One to Studio Two. I think there's going to be some amazing thing happening in 2022, despite yep. what goes on in this crazy world today. Uh, I think there's big things coming up between Broad Street South, Redline Radio LLC, and other networks that are going to be possibly joining uh, maybe a mega network. So everyone Ooh. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Dun, For, dun, dun. Exactly. So I wish I had that bite and I don't have it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right. That works. No, but listen, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming up for, uh, for 2022. You can only grow bigger and get better, but you also never forget the people that helped you along the way. So I said it on, on our Wednesday show and I'll say it again tonight. Michael Sherman, who was part of our show when we, uh, Got started, he came in about episode 10. I uh, was around for about a good 25 episodes. And Mike Sherman, Barbara, thank you guys again for your support. Uh, thank you for coming on, uh, originally with us. Uh, from what I understand, you're now uh, back doing show business at nighttime and becoming, Ooh. if I remember correctly, Fuji told me the director of a play. So, uh, Mike, nothing but the best. I hope that you have a lot of fun with it. I know that Barbara usually ends up joining you with the plays, uh, if I remember correctly. So, you guys, I hope that you have a magnificent play. I hope you do a fantastic job and uh, let me know when everything ends up taking off. I can't be home for it because it's back in Philly, but I'm pretty sure Fuji would have filled me in. Also with Ryan Neff, I know that he's been dealing with uh, some health issues. I know he's been battling it. I hope that Ryan continues to get better. Uh, Ryan was a part of the show as well. Whenever he gets better, I'm pretty sure he'll be back, but uh, thanks to Ryan and make sure he gets well. Nick Lisi, of course, his sophomore year out there in Clemson. He will soon be on his break uh, coming up, so he should be joining us. And Dylan has the night off as well as he is uh, enjoying himself after finishing up his, if I remember correctly, his bachelor's uh, degree. So, Dylan, everybody's just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, well, you know, we're here. We're here tonight. We're having fun as much as possible. Uh, I know you guys, I have Luna time with you, and I appreciate it because it's tough, once again, to do what – we end up all doing here. And if you love what you do, you have a lot of fun with it. I've been blessed with these two guys. And one thing I will say, Dave reached out to me about a year ago. If I do remember correctly, Dave, and when we Correct. had the conversation originally, it was about signing with uh, Redline radio LLC. And we had the conversation. And at the time it was one of those things that uh, we didn't know where we were as far as here with our podcast. So to make a commitment to something that we have no idea where we're going to end up being. It was better to hold off on it to make sure that everything was going to be, was going to be done well. Well, then I was surprised by Dave and Lee on Steel City Renegades when Dave offered Lee a 20-year contract. I'm exactly in the contract. <laughs> and then I got a 20-and-a-half-year contract over there from uh, Redline Radio LSE. But, uh, no, listen, it, you guys – Dave, I will say we've always stayed in contact. Um, we've always had fun. We've always had good conversations. We continue to have good conversations. And now I, I have the pleasure of being with you guys over there. And Sunday nights, you guys need to come see the show between 7 and 9 p.m. on Sundays, even though the season's coming to a close. But it doesn't mean you won't see the last of these guys on that side of the radio because on this side, there'll be many nights. They'll be joining us over here as well. So I, I look forward to the future with both of you guys. It's been a blessing, like I said, to get to know you guys, get to know the crew uh, enjoy it, but Sunday nights are an absolute blast, and I can't thank you guys enough for even just making me the co-host over there at Steel City Renegades. You know, Angel, I mean, when we, we had you on as a guest, I mean, I, I think you were actually the very first guest on the show before I was even part of the show, 
and um, you know, just hearing your insight and hearing everything. And <clears throat> I know the only reason that you were even on that episode was because the Eagles were playing the Steelers in the pre in the preseason. And, you know, we wanted, you know, your insight on the Eagles and everything like that. And, you know, uh, just having you on week after week, I mean, it only made sense, you know, when Dave brought me in as the permanent co-host to bring you in as a co-host too, just because, you know, I mean, you've been kind to Steeler Nation this season, you know, and you don't have to be. And I, I think Dave would back me up when I say that, you know. Can't forget I mean, about Chipper neither. Chipper's, oh, no, Chipper's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chipper's Chipper. great. Um, you know, we, we love having you on every week and, you know, you've been really kind to Steeler nation and we try to be kind to, uh, Eagle nation as well. Um, I don't know if that's the term that you guys use or not, but, uh, <laughs> it you works. Know, I mean, yeah. Uh, so Dave, you got anything to, I do angel, you know, when I asked you about it, man, you know, things were uh, kind of upside down here at Redline radio and. We both, like you said, needed to take a step back and just look at what was out in front of us. And, you know, when I started this show, I thought that I had a permanent co-host, but, hey, you know, things didn't work out. And then when I asked Lee to step up, I'm like, Lee, you want to be – he didn't hesitate. And then when I talked to him, because like I do all the time, you know, this ain't just my show. This was no. also Chipper's show and uh, Lee's show. I asked him, I said, hey, do you guys mind making uh, – Angel, a permanent co-host, and they said absolutely. So, Angel, you're stuck with us now, man. You're not going nowhere, and <laughs> I think we have to get more uh, up to date on our Philadelphia Eagles talk because you know sometimes we want to give you your due diligence too over there with yeah. your team, man. And you know we uh, we're blessed that you have joined us each and every Sunday night that we have asked you to um, to talk. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers football, and that, that's great, man. And I wouldn't want to talk uh, Steelers football with any. Uh, else but the guys that i have with me here in studio two and you angel i mean you bring a different aspect to it i mean you make us look outside the box with you know the urban meyer thing the funny thing about the uh, death blue star uh dcu and and your uh, love for them just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean you bring a different aspect all the way from uh from uh, Tampa, and we wish we had that weather, but it's kind of hot here right now in the Growing Wings Adult Services Studio. It's about 78 right now. These lights are bearing down on us, man, so it's pretty hot here. So they can keep that cold outside the door, but when we're in the studio here, it's it's hot. Hey, uh, Angel, real quick, um, you know, I know it's your show and everything, but I did have a question for you. What, what, do, you, what do you think about the uh, NFL turning coat on their rules today to help out that team that, plays in first energy stadium we're not allowed to say their name that's a rule of our show yeah um but also um uh, dcu is also affected by that and the rams as well since they were the three teams that were in advanced protocols i mean do you think that's as much bs as we do over here oh yeah because you got to figure it once again the nfl and this is where roger goodell ends up losing more and more of the fan base. And he's starting to lose the nfl players as well because now it's become you know where you started off and they said that you would have to forfeit if you could not meet the qualifications of play, then you turn around, which Baker Mayfield was upset about it because he, you know, he basically put out there, okay, so first you say you're going to test us, then you test only certain teams, and then it's okay if you fail the first test, but you come back okay on the second test. And so he he was upset, like other players are upset because all these everything keeps changing, and the NFL is about money. Everybody knows it. It's a billion dollar industry. For a reason. And they already lost money thanks to Dr. Fauci and those that crew out there uh, in D.C. So they lost the money because of them. And then they turn around and they say, well, we got to make the money back. And so instead of 
abiding by their own rules where DCU should have forfeited that game, which would have gave the win to the Eagles. No, they decided to move it to Tuesday night. And then Seattle game got moved. And I believe the Raiders game was also, they got moved as well. Yeah, so well, now, the, Raider, the Raiders play the team that plays in First Energy, so they're moved to Monday. They're not happy so about it. it's a doubleheader on Monday Yeah, it's Monday a doubleheader. They're going to start at 5 o'clock on Monday, which is a joke. Yeah, well, it's it's the same way with the Eagles in, in Seattle. It's it's just on Tuesday. Like like yep. who who watches football on a Tuesday? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. And the Steelers were actually affected by that last year too because the Ravens game. This uh, it was the second game against the Ravens that ended up gotten getting moved to like Tuesday at like three thirty in the afternoon. And I mean, I I I broke some rules at the job I used to work at, and I watched it. <laughs> that's a great comment. I love that. <laughs> that's Joey uh, B. Stay, hey, that's just stay a, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. That's just because uh, the camera, man. The camera puts 30 pounds on us. We're actually skinny dudes. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. If you believe that, I got some motion from property, I'll say. We're actually pretty big dudes. Yeah. Thanks, Joey. Thanks. Joey B, he's uh, so Joey B, and, and funny that he's here. And thanks, Joey B, for coming back tonight. Robert Keller, uh, Ducky, Ducky, I didn't see your comment. It came up blank. So if you can put it back in, I, I'd appreciate it. Uh, and also, Tom, Tom, Tara, and Tom, uh, they've been with us basically since day one. I got to meet Tom and Tara, such a great, fun couple. They're so easy to talk to. And and when I went up to, to Philly for, to meet everybody for the first time, I had a blast with them that night. And so, Tom Tara, thanks for tuning in every single week. And the one night I screwed up because instead of saying Tara, I said, thanks, Tom and Kara, and then quickly switched to Ooh. Tara. So, yeah, well, and again, that was my screw up, and I admit it, that was my screw up. But <laughs> <laughs> Joey Beast um, came on when we had Tony Bruno on the first time, and that was over a year ago. And Joey's been back since. And then he he watches our show just like he does the middle show, uh, the Rough Cup Sportscast. So Joey B gets around. But when Fuji's on, the comments come fast and furious. Even when Ruben Araro was on last Tuesday, it was so hard not to laugh because he just has sometimes some one-liners that would just get you going. And you can't giggle or anything else because, of course, you're live hosting the show. But Joey B, thanks for coming up. There he is once again yeah, from Colorado. So just great. You know, and, and that's the cool thing about, you know, not just Broad Street South, but about Steel City Renegades as well. I mean, we have listeners that are Steelers fans listening from Mexico. And, I mean, that that I think the first time that those guys started tuning in, we're like, holy crap, like, that's awesome. Like, I mean, each show we get bigger and bigger. We get yeah. new fans and whatnot. And we, when me and Lee go down to Pittsburgh, we try to hand out some flyers as we did when we went to uh, – to watch the game in first energy we handed out a bunch of flyers to Steelers fans so and we got a couple of them but we'll be doing the same when we go back down there on the third and uh too bad you can't join us angel. yeah angel we wish you could join us man but uh maybe next year you can join us down there we'll come down to philly for a game or whatnot or we could just fly down to tampa and then go to the daytona 500 in february Ooh. exactly that's exactly it and as i mentioned on your show not too long ago and uh dave please let everybody know the show you were just on hopped off and then came on with me absolutely so i just hopped off my show that i run that i just brought back on friday nights called uh the scoop it runs from six to seven it was this last show of 2021 will be up and ready to go or up and rolling 2022 our first show on the 7th of february and i'm gonna have a special guest uh live in studio he confirmed it so we will be at the official growing wings adult services studio in Bria, ohio so uh just 
keep watching what we're doing, man, because we got some big things that are happening, not only with Steel City Renegades, but we're Redline Radio. We're working with Broad Street South. And again, Angel, we appreciate, you know, everything you have done for us, you know, putting us out there too, giving us some shout outs. I know me and Lee appreciate that. And Chipper, yeah. we talk about it all the time. And it's just, it's fun on Sunday nights with you. And we got, what, four more weeks left. And we'll have to wait till August to do this again. But it'll be bi- it'll be well, better I mean, and better we, we can do the draft. next year. Yeah, we can, we can, we can do a draft. We'll, we'll do the draft. Yeah. Well, do the draft, and just like I said, speaking of NASCAR, which obviously it's behind me here on the studio wall, uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking there needs to be a NASCAR show coming up because the offseason, it's long before we get back to football. And the way NASCAR is running at this point is they're trying to get back to where they were before when Hot. you know Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, everybody else was there beforehand. I, I think it might be, yeah, it might be pretty good to fire up something here with the engines coming up in uh, I would say you know, January, February. You know what we could do, Angel? And we'll have the Steel City Renegades, and then we'll have our racing show take the place of that during the off season. Yeah, we can, especially with our uh, our sponsor that you see up there, right above my head here, Pit Road, uh, Pit Diecast. Road Diecast. They do a lot of NASCAR diecast cars, so yeah, that that would work. Oh, oop, I just lost my Steelers helmet. Yeah, uh, I guess Mason <laughs> Rudolph is still missing his from a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, what a what a mess! And it, it and I wish, I hope if it's going to be that Ben's actually going to leave, that he leaves, not Please. not hang things around. Because I end up calling into the Andy Kalu show on Tuesday, and I told him how I felt as far as when it came to Russell Wilson and or Aaron Rodgers being yeah. picked to go over to Steelers, and uh, basically came out to an agreement that he felt like either or would be great. But uh, it, we'll see what happens. I think Aaron Rodgers would be the more better fit in Pittsburgh. But again, that's if he decides to move. We don't know. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of things going to happen during the off, during the offseason. And this COVID protocol stuff may even influence guys to leave their states to go somewhere else where they don't have to be as constrict as everywhere else. Because down here in Florida, we're pretty free and independent from all the stuff that's going on there. Uh, you have the been north. since the beginning, though, too. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's been the, kind of the weird thing. We only got about two minutes that we can be here with you. So um, yeah, no problem. But, was there anything else that you wanted to talk to us about, Angel? Or and nope, uh, yeah. Joey B, that's awesome. Joey Porter was one of my favorite players when he was here. Yeah, Clark Higgins, he uh, wore number 53 and then left uh, Pittsburgh and went and played in uh, Kansas City. So kudos to you and Joey Porter. He was a uh, big part of uh, what we were doing defensively in a, against the Cincinnati when we or against the Bengals when we played them in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, two good Steelers right there, man. Yeah, listen. Well, I want to let you guys go because I know you have another show to get to. Like everything else in the podcast world, it's it's tough when you run from one to the other. But listen, guys, thanks for stopping by. Uh, and for everyone anytime, else, anytime. Seven to nine o'clock on Redline Radio LLC, the Steel City Renegades from seven to nine p.m. Eastern. No, sorry, Central Standard Time, but it comes out now Eastern Standard Time because yeah, we always start. Yeah, Eastern. So Eastern Standard Time from seven to nine. Check out Dave. Lee Chipper, who didn't make it tonight, but it's okay. Uh, it's it's just it's a fun time. So, guys, have a great show. Thanks for coming yeah. on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Chipper will be on with us this Sunday. Obviously, you'll be here, Angel. Uh, Dave and I will be here. Kevin Sleds will be uh, live and, yeah, uh, via satellite. Yep, our special guest is Kevin Sled, so we'll have you guys on as well. Uh, yeah, but, you know, thank you for doing this, Angel. Uh, you know, hopefully the Eagles uh, don't get too lambasted by DCU with this COVID crap. And I, and I don't mean that they're going to lose. I mean that, you know, they, they, they don't have to put up with too much more bull because of all this COVID crap. So Yeah, I'm hoping it'll end up going away. But, again, we'll see because – 
And anything and everything can happen as we keep seeing with the NFL. I wish they wouldn't make up their mind, but apparently they have oh, other ideas. This has been ideas. a fun season with, with with the way that the schedules and or, uh, the records and everything are. I mean, the the AFC is wide open right now. So yeah, I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave on this note. I'm gonna cry like the team that played in <laughs> plays in First Energy. <laughs> we got 20 players out. We need to push the game back. <laughs> Next man up, Steel City Renegades, Sunday night, 7 and 9, right here, Redline Radio, LLC. Angel, have a good one, man. Thank you. Congratulations guys, too. I on the 100th episode, too, man. Thank you. All right, guys. So thanks to Steel City Renegades for making an appearance. Salima, that's, that's a good line, Salima. I shoot pool on Tuesday nights, and we just may have to forfeit because I'm not missing my Eagles game. I think a lot of people are going to have to change up their Tuesday nights. It's a shame. Uh, Joey says the Renegades need to do a show from the local dirt track. Race night in a small town in awesome, uh, small town in awesome. Good. God bless America. So, Joey, great segment. Merry Christmas. I'll let the guys know. Joey, Joey again, and everybody else, thanks for tuning in tonight. So, Tuesday or sorry, Wednesday night, uh, we had the pleasure of having most of the guys at least for the first early episodes and then some of the later episodes. So thank you again to Rob Motti, uh, Tony Bruno, Miss Robin, to AJ Orr from the Rough Cut Sportscast, uh, Ryan Reese from Sports Alliance, uh, Jimmy from On the Road to Victory, uh, Chris from the Great Football League, the Great Flag Football League, um, and everyone else who ended up coming on with us on Wednesday, Mark Farzetta, uh, also, so tonight will be what the people you guys didn't get to see. And there were pre-recordings that were done uh, because during football season, it's hard to get the guests that we have on. And we're trying to bring them back to make sure that they had the time with us and just to thank them for the first 100. So like I said, the, sec- the next set of 100 episodes should be really good as we continue to grow, as I keep saying it, and not only just stateside, overseas, but also networking as well. So stay tuned for things to come here uh, in the near future. In the meantime, if I can get this to work properly, right over here, I'm going to start off with Brandon Lee Gowden, who is our first guest uh, on episode six. And he was fortunate enough to be able to come back with his busy schedule. So this was from Tuesday night with Brandon Lee Gowden. So let me bring up my screen here so I can share with everybody. And then you guys can see exactly what I'm going to send up seeing here. So stay tuned here. Here comes the interview. All right. So here with Fuji, the Godfather, we are celebrating once again, episode 100. And we appreciate everybody who's coming on tonight to celebrate with us. Uh, some folks, obviously, we have spoken to earlier throughout the day, just like this gentleman here that we have right now from Bleeding Green Nation. It is BLG Brandon. First of all, thank you so much for coming on not only our original episode, which I can't even believe was episode wow. six, and then you came back for episode 23 and one of our very first guests, and I'm completely honored to have you back on again for a third time, especially for episode 100. For, so thank you so much for coming back. Well, thank guys, you, I'm honored. to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be Appreciate here. Um, I love your backgrounds, by the way. I mean, uh, you guys, I got some great backgrounds here. I got some just weak, almost no background here. So uh, you guys are the professionals. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for coming on again. 
That is absolutely no problem. And speaking about backgrounds, I was going to save this for a little bit later on, but just to show everyone here how and all it all started, that little wow. green screen behind the door that cost me about five dollars sixty cents, the wobbly <laughs> table, the crate, the light. So it was, you know, it goes to show you that you, if you keep believing and investing in different things, you can actually make things work. And speaking of BLG, from where you came from, as you know, we just talked off air here a little bit from twenty thirteen. So you got a decade going. Of, of broadcasting yourself, but from where you started to where you are now and everything that you're doing, I can't believe, I, I can and can't, but just remember seeing you at 97.5 The Fanatic and then talking to you, being able to be with you guys at the NFC Championship game and then being surprised once again to go to the NFC Championship game that night, doing the, the broadcast, I mean, it, it's amazing how much you've grown and listen, God bless for your growth, what you're doing, how you continue to grow and then how you can, you know, you continue to do it because I, you are one of the few guys that I always say that probably sleep about two or three minutes a night to in order to, <laughs> to keep things going to where you're going. So God bless all the success you've had. Well, thank you. Uh, first of all, we're saying that's so that's meaningful to me. Um, yeah, it is crazy. Um, it, it's wild. Uh, you know, I think back to when I was at community college in about like 10 years ago from now or so, uh, uh, back in 2011, 2010, and I would walk back to my car from classes, and I was just like, I would always feel this sense of like anxiety and dread. I was like, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And obviously, you know, I was young, I had time to figure things out, but uh, it kind of just worked out where BGN fell into my lap, basically. Um, and you know, I feel like I worked hard, obviously, to kind of help build it up and, and get in a position where it kind of fell in my lap. But uh, just you know, a lot of being in the right place at the right time, kind of thing, and and kind of running with it from there. So it's been a crazy ride. Uh, all these years later, and I hope there's many more years to come. Uh, so, so thank you for uh, saying that. It's very nice. Brandon, was the Eagles your first love you wanted to cover? So uh, when it comes to sports for me as a kid, uh, I was actually like a big Flyers fan growing up. Now, you know, this is when I'm like pretty young, like eight. So I, I didn't, you know, have all the in-depth knowledge or anything, but uh, really like the Flyers. Uh, was never not. I never really feel like I was, I was never an Eagles fan or a Sixers fan or whatever. It's just like the passion and the intensity and the knowledge always wasn't uh, there because my parents weren't the biggest sports fans, although they did like hockey for a bit, and that's why uh, I would say the Flyers. But but really, since I got to like maybe uh, twelve years old around there, that's when I like two thousand four, two thousand three. It's around those seasons is when I kind of really started to like okay, understand what the Eagles were about and get into them and watch all the games and like follow along with the news and everything. So it kind of ramped up from there. I can kind of relate because I was about two years old and the Flyers won their first cup, and my mom had me in a Bobby Clark jersey up. I believe it was Oxford Valley Mall. My great aunt and uncle bought me a hockey nice. stick. When they when they won a cup, I was yelling down the mall, yelling score. At like three years old, so nice. it was the Flyers and the Phillies, and then got turned on to the Eagles. And as you can see from here, you are my man cave. <laughs> what what my first love and passion is. So now, Brennan, since you haven't been on with us for for a good while now and we get to talk here and there because obviously i know how busy you are so fuji who likes to bust my chops all the time now because obviously being down here in tampa and we do talk about the buccaneers and and we go around the nfl now compared to when we first started but 
he likes to bust my chops to the point where he believes behind his wall here would be the closet to uh, to the room there and swears up and down. He does it in every single episode that I have the goat's jersey. And I keep telling him that it's not even remotely anywhere nearby there. But you know, we cover the Bucks because it's fun. And obviously it's fun to talk about Tom Brady there uh, to, to a certain extent before this one loses it again. But, uh, it, you know, it's amazing to me, even just being down here in a short amount of time, the three years that I've been down here and then starting off the show uh, July of last year, to see what even what the Bucks have done, just like what the Eagles did in that run for 2017, you know, you even if I'm not a fan, let's just say, of the Buccaneers, it's pretty crazy to think that you bring in one guy to fix everything all together and then Tom Brady goes and wins the Super Bowl down here in Tampa. First team ever to do it in their own backyard and then has the opportunity of doing it for a second time. So a, a quick, I guess, NFL note, do you believe that maybe the Buccaneers could make their second run and possibly repeat as uh, Super Bowl champions? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're still in the mix for that number one seed, which is, you know, a much better spot than they even had last year when they did go on the run. Um I think it's tougher just because I think the Packers are going to be a big problem and a big threat, and they might get that number one seed, and you know Brady might have to go to Green Bay, and I don't think beating Rodgers there will be easy, although he can do it, obviously. He can't put anything past him. Um, going back to Tom Brady real quick, just like – so I got to see him practice one time against the Eagles back in 2013, and it was like – it was incredible. And I didn't go into that practice – thinking, like, I'm going to be wowed by Tom Like, whatever. It's Tom Brady's really good, but, you know, so what? Um, but the way he just threw with accuracy, like, time and time again, there wasn't, like, a single ball that, like, hit the ground in that practice. Every throw, perfect. Rep after rep after rep. It was incredible. Um, Curtis Marsh, really a, a, a deep pull here, a former Eagles cornerback, draft pick, as we all know, maybe. Um, so, a really good training camp that summer. And... <laughs> that Tom Brady basically ended his career because he was like picking on him in practice <laughs> and made him look terrible. So uh, that was really impressive. I was really impressed to see Tom Brady like up close in person with my own eyes, just in a practice setting, how machine like he was and obviously still getting it done. Uh, so it is crazy. I think the Bucks are, you know, have pretty much just as good of a chance as anyone. Um, and that's pretty scary. Brandon, as far as uh, you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, think Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP for a third time with the NFL actually give it to him. I mean, with all the and being immunized and all that <laughs> jazz and stuff like that. Ah, uh, I mean, so we just had Shil Kapadia, um, who's obviously a really great Eagles writer and podcaster on uh, now just national stuff for the Athletic on uh, the Espionation NFL show today that I do. Um, just more than the Eagles, but also the league-wide topic. And he was saying, like, he, he feels like Rodgers is kind of being discounted a little bit too much in the MVP conversation. Uh, it seems like all the odds makers, you know, have Tom Brady as the favorite right now. And I'm guessing that's kind of going to be the way things lean, just, you know, being as old as he is and coming off of the Super Bowl. And I think there's just, like, a narrative there um, for him to win the MVP. Although, you know, he could have a bad game or two down the stretch and that could tilt it, you know, if Aaron Rodgers stay hot, stays hot in the meantime. So I think it's kind of probably going to come down to one of those two. Personally, I think someone who's not getting enough credit in the MVP conversation and will probably win offensive player of the year, I imagine, is Jonathan Taylor, who leads the league in yards from scrimmage 
And mm-hmm. I fully believe that the Colts would not be in position to make the playoffs if Jonathan Taylor was not on that team. I think he has a lot of value to them. I know he's a running back, and running backs, you know, they're not going to get the same love that quarterbacks do, but I think he's been awesome, and I think he should be, if not, like, the favorite, he should be at least a lot higher than he is right now. If you look at the odds, he's only, like, he's, he's not even in the top five or whatever, so I think that's kind of uh, a discredit to him. I want to switch to the defensive side of the ball. Now, I to me, I mean, the last five games, I, I believe this is correct Michael Parsons has about 10 sacks. Now, hands down to me, defensive rookie of the year. Can't take it away from him. I'm Is he possibly an MVP candidate or definitely defensive player of the year? He's definitely entered the you know defensive player of the year conversation. I don't think it's him. I don't think they're going to give that to him either. Um, but he's, he's in that you know discussion of that award. Uh, yeah, I think it's 12 sacks total this year, which is crazy. Um, he's been awesome for them. It's kind of annoying from a standpoint of not only mm-hmm. from the standpoint of uh, it's bad news for the Eagles, but also from the standpoint of like, it's just kind of like lucky, I feel like to an extent from the standpoint, not that like he's not a good player, but from a standpoint of the Cowboys weren't drafting Micah Parsons in my mind because they thought he was going to be like this awesome defender who was going to get a bunch of sacks for them. And they really didn't even even have him rushing the passer as much early in the season until they had a bunch of injuries and COVID issues at defensive end. Like, they were totally depleted at that spot heading into the Eagles game in week three, I remember. And I was like, okay, that's bad news for Dallas. Well, didn't matter a lot because Micah Parsons showed up, and he's been, I I just think, way better than anyone could have reasonably expected. So, you know, hats off for them in terms of, like, they they get the reap the benefits of that. But uh, it's kind of the same thing with, like, Dak Prescott and Tony Romo, too. These are, like, the quarterbacks that the Cowboys had where, you know, obviously Romo, an undrafted free agent, and more recently, Dak, who was not their, you know, that was not their top option by any means. They were interested in Carson Wentz. They were interested in Paxton Lynch. They were interested in Connor Cook, and they missed on all of them, and it worked out for them because they got Dak Prescott instead. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and the Cowboys are an example of that right now. Some of the rumors that have been coming out, I think it just recently came out, maybe yesterday or over the weekend. Now, Eagles haven't drafted a linebacker since 79, Jerry Robinson. 79, 80, maybe I'm wrong on that, but. Yeah. Now, let's just say somebody was questioned, did the Eagles make the right pick taking Devontae Smith as opposed to Michael Parsons being right there in their grasp? What's your take? Yeah, I mean, again, I just I think if you – it's really easy to say in hindsight now, and you'd rather have an edge rusher, like an elite edge rusher, than like a good receiver, a pretty good wide receiver. I think there's more value in that. That being said, like I think Devontae Smith was such a no-brainer kind of pick from a profile standpoint of this guy won the Heisman. You have such a big need at receiver. That shouldn't be the only factor need, but like it just seemed to fit so well – it seemed very obvious to me. I was among the loudest people saying the Eagles need to draft Devontae Smith. I think with Parsons, you know, there were some questions. There were, like, again, it wasn't so clear that he was going to be having all the success rushing the passer. Right. There were questions about um, some off-the-field stuff, obviously, which might have been a deal-breaker for some teams. So, you know, it's hard for uh, that to always be evaluated. You don't always know what to make of that. So I can't crush the Eagles um, for taking Devontae Smith, who – I think hasn't really 
been featured as much as he should be. And I don't think that's his right. fault. I think he gets open a lot and they just haven't been throwing the ball to him in a force feed kind of way for whatever reason. It seems like they don't believe in that, which I think is dumb. And obviously the Eagles haven't been a pass heavy offense because their quarterback has some limitations as a thrower. So you're not going to have, you know, these huge volume numbers when you're running the ball so much. I think if they had a quarterback, let's say, you know, like he was one of the better throwers in the league, then I think Devontae Smith's numbers would be like a lot bigger than they were. I really don't think it's insane to say he would be having a Justin Jefferson-esque season. Maybe you know, not that high because they were so high, but like he would be approaching that more so than he is at right now. And I don't even think he's had a bad season. Again, I just think, you know, you're not seeing the volume numbers because of the situation, not because like he's bad or anything. I know this question I'm going to ask, and I'm sure you've been asked a million times. In your eyes, in your opinion, covering Eagles all these years, is Jalen Hurts the guy? <laughs> yes. Uh, I tend to lean towards no. And I think that, you know, I so I had a theory back when the Eagles were switching to a run-heavy offense that – as opposed to, you know, kind of passing a lot early in the year. Well, I felt like the Eagles did pass so much, and everyone was like, well, why did it take Nick Sirianni so long to switch? And my thinking on that was like, well, they wanted to see if their quarterback could throw the ball. They're kind of testing this out. They're trying to, to see if they could actually win games this way, and it was very much apparent that they couldn't. So they switched to a run-heavy system, and, you know, it's obviously been more efficient for them than it was passing the ball. But over a long period of time, I just don't know that that's really the best way to win in the NFL. It seems like, you know, we're talking about Tom Brady here. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. You talk about someone on the come up like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Like these are guys who can throw the ball at a very high level, Josh Allen even. So I just don't think it's okay to kind of settle for a quarterback who is only kind of, you know, okay, maybe at best at throwing the ball. And, you know, let's face it, like Jalen Hurts has a pass rating in the 80s and he has almost a full season or, you know, 16 games or whatever uh, of a sample size that we have to work with. I know he's young. Maybe he can get better. But how much better? Is he ever going to be like a top 10 passer in the NFL? Because you can't just look at what he's been so far and assume that's going to happen. There's nothing that points to that being, I would say, even likely. Um, that doesn't say... Or it's not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't without his merits because he's obviously one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. And not only does he have value in terms of the yards he can get, but what he creates for the other running backs on this team. So I think you can have some success. You're not going to be the one of the worst teams in the league. You can win games with him, but I don't think you can win games because of Jalen Hurts. And to me, you should always be looking for that top quarterback because the NFL isn't a place where you can always just put a perfect system around players. Like There's going to be injuries. There's going to be salary cap issues. Sometimes you need your quarterback to elevate the team, and I don't know that Jalen Hurts can do that. I I honestly just think he's taking – he's running too much, and he's going to get popped in the flat. God forbid and get hurt. I mean, you know, just some of these quarterbacks from the past that have gotten their heads taken off. Just my opinion – I my my own opinion. I don't know if he's the man. I hope he is, but like you said, I don't like his arm strength. I mean, at the Giants game, I mean, they gave that game mm. away, and that was terrible. Yeah, big time, four turnovers. Sure yeah, was. Just thought the whole Menchu mania thing is like, you know, I know as they say, the 
most popular guy in the football team is the backup yeah. quarterback. So. Well, we've seen that before. Yeah. Right. Sure we all know too well with that one. <laughs> Listen, BLG, thanks again for taking a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. We do appreciate you coming on. Again, our very first guest on Broad Street South, the man right in front of us right now, BLG episode six. Again, he came back on episode 23 and now back at episode 100. And BLG, before we let you go, please let everyone know how they can get a hold of you and your content. Okay. Thank you, Angel, again, and Mike, for having me on. Um, check me out at bleedinggreennation.com. You can check out you know, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, where there's a lot of good podcasts on there. I do BGN Radio with Jimmy Kemsky. I do the NFC's mixtape with my co-host, RJ, who's an Eagles fan. Or, no, sorry. He's secretly an Eagles fan. He's a Cowboys fan. Um, we always have good conversations about the division as a whole on there. I do uh, league-wide coverage, like we were kind of talking about earlier, uh, for the SB Nation NFL show, so people can check that out. And then, you know, I'm on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton, and uh, I think that's just about it. Thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. What? Here he goes. So, again, this is what happens. The mute, <clears throat> it works if you unmute it. But anyways, uh, thanks to Brandon Lee Gowden. We know, once again, the guy does a tremendous job. And I've known Brandon now for at least, at this point, I believe close to some 14 years at this point. I watched him when he started uh, Bleeding Green Nation, when at the time it was John Barcher, Jimmy Seltzer, and obviously BLG had started. And then the guys went their own separate ways, Jimmy being over at 94 WIP. Uh, with the midday show with... Uh, John and uh, John Ritchie and Jody Camera, and John Barger, of course, is over at Last Out Media, uh, producing and hosting shows over there as they started out their own network with John William Crichton and Vince Quinn, and uh, those guys, you know, they they do a fantastic job. And thanks to to Brandon, like I said, during football season, it's hard to get these guys on here because they have an actual full time job either with the Eagles or the Associated Press. So we're always thankful that they get the opportunity to come on with us. So the next guess that I'm about to show here, as long as once again, things work the way they're supposed to, uh, would be with, start out with Derek Gunn and then Ed Kratz and then moving in as we we're ending the interview with Derek Gunn. So here is uh pre-night or pre-recorded night with uh, Derek Gunn and Ed Kratz. So let me get this fired up underway here and then we'll get ready. We'll get ready to show this one here. But again, thanks to everybody who's tuning in tonight. Uh, thanks also for the patience. And here we will go with video number two. As soon as I get the right share screen, come on. Let's get this done. Here we go. Here's the interview once again. With we're going to crack up, but it's okay. <laughs> it's funny stuff that happens. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Anyways, <laughs> Uh, as you guys heard earlier, BLG was on with us, and uh, one person I will say I completely admire, and we can have so much fun with this particular gentleman, as we did, and it's funny, as we just talked about it, and I'll mention it once I bring him up, but it, I tell you what, it, the truest legend that we can find in Philadelphia, our good friend, just like family, D-Gun, first of all, let me just say Thank you so much. Before I get into something else here in a second, for you to come on and celebrate episode 100, because uh, it, it from here, it touches deep in our heart, for one. For two, for you being 
not only the one of the first three guests on episode six, but then you come back. And then the next time we brought you back, if you remember, we brought up the cruise ship and how we're going to have the D-gun cruises. It's yeah. not 2024 yet, so it hasn't happened yet. But uh, yeah. thanks again, uh, D-gun, for coming back on with us. Man, I, I do appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me on. Happy 100th to you. When you get to 100 episodes, that's called sustainability, man. And, uh, you know, I listen to you guys, and, and the thing I like about you guys have fun with it. First and foremost, you got to have fun with it. You're informative, but you have fun with it. And you can tell the chemistry with you guys is organic. It's not manufactured. And I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of the ride uh, up to this point at 100 episodes. May you guys be blessed with 100 more and then some. Thanks for coming along. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate it. And this is where, hopefully this is where it all holds together here. But so for people to understand how this all ended up coming about, one is because we started this back in July uh, last year and Mm -hmm. Fuji was actually following me when I was even back in Philly doing my little goofy sports updates right outside the Lincoln Financial Field. Um, And that that shows how far back and and dedicated Fuji was. And then once I wanted to get things up and running, uh, I ended up reaching out to Fuji, let him know that we want to start this off. And then here we are. And a year later, 100 episodes later, and when Derek Gunn, I've been following the man, and as funny as it sounds, not personally, but over on Twitter. Are you and- stalking me or what? what, what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for, for 15 years, and it's, and as I watch Derek Gunn, his, his career just blossomed. We, we all watch where he's been. We see where he is now. Going on one podcast, and if you guys don't listen, listen to every single podcast because not only will you listen to it once, you will listen to it over and over because you'll pick up bits and pieces that you end up missing. Um, I think one of my favorites was with Troy Vincent, definitely yeah. that yeah. you end up having on. Uh, but just for the 15 years, getting to know you, Degun, on first of all on social media, then to have you know for to have the follow and then to go back and forth as we do, whether it's game time, whether it's family time, whether it's grill time, whatever case may be, but it's it hits a side of me because I've looked up to you for so many years, your professionalism, how you've been able to overcome obstacles that come your way. Because I'm never going to say that anything that brought you down because nothing brings you down. But as far as the obstacles that come in the way, and it's hard to see today when you're looking for leadership, for people to be out there to show you what it takes hard work, dedication, you put your mind and heart and soul into it. So, and I, I not trying to, to lose one here, but I, again, I can't thank you enough Degun, for just being a part of not only Fuji in our lives, but just being a good friend for being there, always taking the time, like a minute, even if it's just a quick hello, however things going. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And it, and it touches me. I'm trying to do it without tearing up here. But it, it touches me near and dear, and I can't thank you enough, Degun, for being such a great friend. Well, you're more than welcome, man. Uh, you guys are the real deal, the genuine article. Um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, uh, always hit you up for, for things. And you try, in my case, you know, I, I try to talk to a lot of people through social media just to let them know that unlike a lot of people that just ignore them, that, you know, I'm just, I'm just the guy next door, you know, blessed to do what he does. And, and like to have fun with it, you know, when you, when, and I tell people all the time, I say, you know, when I think about what I've been doing for over 42 years, um, covering games that I would sit at home and watch or go watch in person and get, and to get paid to do it, you know, it's beyond anything I ever expected to be doing. 
Yeah, and I think I told you guys when I was on your first episode that if you had asked me uh, as a young guy, um, give you a list of 20 jobs that I would want to do in my lifetime, being in broadcasting probably would have been number 35. I had no <laughs> desire to be in front of a camera and to pick up a microphone, uh, to travel as much as I've been afforded the opportunity to travel, to meet the people that I've met, athletes, front office people, PR people, entertainers, actors, so on and so forth. So everything that I've done every day is is more than a blessing to me. And, you know, and I know a lot of people because they're besieged by, you know, questions and answers that they don't answer much of anything. But I just I just feel that it's important to take a time, take the time and just say hello to most people. You get some people out there on social media who are just downright <clears throat> negative. And, you know, I don't have time for those kind of people because I'm not a negative person. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it's funny how even if I answer somebody yes or no, hey, d gun responded to me. You know, it's like, oh, really? That's, that's all you needed? Okay. You know, so I at least try to do that. I engage, let's just say I try to engage as many people as I can on both, you know, Twitter and Facebook. I'm not on, on, on Instagram as much as maybe I should be uh, to expand my brand, but, you know, I can't do everything, man. I got too many hats somewhere. I can't do it all, man. <laughs> no, it's true. And before I turn over here to Fuji, there was, so there was one story that I want to say that even you don't even know at, at this point. So I wanted to save it in case we got to this point here and, and God bless us with episode 100. But so for those who don't know, we reached out to uh, D gun when we had the show on initially. Now you're talking about six episodes in uh, rookies. I, as I showed uh, BLG, the, the picture of what it actually looked like when it first started up. So we reached out to D gun and, and D gun was trying to be, uh, nice enough to the point where he can get time in where it wasn't going to be jammed up. And so we had the interview with Mark Grody from ESPN Chicago. And then as soon as we ended the interview with Mark Grody, here comes Derek Gunn. It was about nine o'clock at night. And he says, Hey guys, by the way, I can go ahead and, and, and do the show with you guys tonight. Now you're talking about Fuji and I scrambling to make sure that we had <laughs> we were. Yeah. We both looked at each other like, wait, did you just see what we just saw? D-Gun's coming on. So it was like two kids. And ironically, now that it's the holidays, it was like two kids getting a Christmas gift. because Christmas, we're like, Christmas yeah. morning. And said, Fuji, well, I'll see you about an hour. And we'll, we'll end up getting a D-Gun here. And my heart, honest to God, was racing. Because it was the first time I, not only do I get to talk to you, after so many years, again, being, you know, following you on social media. But it was, it, we, it, we've never shared a story until tonight. So for everyone who knows, that night, I'm telling you, it was just, it, it was unbelievable. So even that night, it, it, it was just incredible. So I, I want to share because I've been holding on to it for 100 episodes. And so just to let you know, episode six, you, know, you were a, a big part of it. And then obviously with uh, Mark Grody and Rob Motti, the three of you guys are on. Ironically, we ended up getting all three of you guys, but never expected that same night to have on with wow. you. And not only that, then you end up having a conversation with us. 45 minutes after a show is over. And right. I'm telling you, that's why I tell you it comes from here because I don't know how many other people have actually done that. Well, you know, and luckily everything worked out, um, you know, perfectly. Uh, at the time you wanted me on, man, I'm scrambling. I'm doing 20 different shows. And it's difficult for me to say no to people. I know initially I told you guys I can't do it now, I can't do it now. And so I finally got a window and I said, you know what? You know, something was just placed into my heart. So you know what? Give the guys the time now. You know, give the guys the time now. I kept hearing it in my ears over and over. And, I said, and that's when I reached out. I said, hey, man, if you can do it, let's do it now. Um, right. You know, I think initially you told me, 
oh yeah, we'll have you on like 15, 20 minutes. I looked up 45 <laughs> minutes. What? <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> well, as you were saying, like off as we spoke, you know, like I followed you back when you first started a Comcast with a crossroads and you know, social media I'd hit you up about asking different eagle stuff. You know, you didn't you know, with your schedule, you really didn't have to do it, but we do appreciate, you know, you being down earth as, you know, being in this business. And, you know, as Angel said, we were like screaming like like kids in a candy store, like yeah. you, Rob Motti, Mark Rody, like big names. And, you know, after talking to you all these years and following you, it was just like, just amazing. Like, like I said, like, we appreciate you, you know, keeping in touch with Angel and, you know, guiding both of us to the, you know, 100 episode you coming on tonight. And we really do appreciate it. And we thank you very much for, you know, being a part of this show because, you know, Angel reached out to me a little over a year and a half ago. And he's like, you know, mm -hmm. I want to do a Philly podcast sports and, you know, I'm all in. And here we are a hundred episodes later with, Gentlemen like yourself and Mark Farzetta, Rob Motti, Seth Joyner, and so on. And, you know, it's merely means the world to us because for me, this is, this is what I always wanted to do, sports talk radio. Mm -hmm. I just never followed my dream and here almost 50 years old doing it 100 episodes in. Well, you know, a lot of times um, I always say you have to walk by faith, not by sight. You know, and a lot of times in life when we, 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 we think about venturing out to do certain things, you know, we're afraid to take that initial step um, because it's an uncomfortable step for us. We don't see the unknown and we fear the unknown because we think, man, what if we fall on our faces? What if it doesn't work out? What am I going to do next? You know, but those who are successful have to take that leap of faith, that unseen leap of faith, you know, um, and is that, and since, since COVID has been here, you know, a lot of people out there lost their jobs, you know, me included, you know, cut right. due to cutbacks. You know, and once the NFL announced in 2020 that the media could not um, have one on one interviews with with players in the locker room, outside the locker room. You know, my corporate office uh, told all of our office managers around the country, you have to cut X amount of dollars out of the budget right now. And because of my salary structure, I was one of the ones that got cut. But, you know, I, was, I had peace about it when they immediately told me I had peace about it. You know, a lot of people scrambled. People were nervous. Some people were angry. You know, it's understandable. We all run the gamut of those emotions. But in my case, the more they talked about, we hate to do this. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we got to make this decision. The more they talk, the more peace. And while they're talking, I'm thinking about, OK, what's my next step? You know, and, you know, and I, and I had it was a blind step. So that's why I say you got to walk by faith, not by sight. A lot of times, because um, if you if you fear the unknown, you can never conquer the unknown. And so you have to be able to attack the unknown to find out what you didn't know. And in a lot of cases, look at you now. You guys never thought you'd be where you are right now. I never thought I would be doing a lot of things that I'm doing right now, still very much in the industry. And so be it. And I'm having fun with it. You guys are having fun with it. You know, and that's the most important thing, you know. It's become a staple in your life now, you know, and I don't know if I'd have it any, any other way right now. 
Exactly, I agree. As they say, you know, God closes one door and opens another. That's right. That's right. When man closes one door, God opens many more. If you have that belief and faith, he will never fail you. You know, I always tell people when I speak to a lot of men's groups and stuff, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, God is not always on our time, but he's always right on time. You know, he yeah, knows exactly right. what you need, when you need it and how you need it. And a lot of times we get anxious because that's what human nature is. We get anxious. You know, we, we want it now. We live in a society now. Everything is technology. It's instant, uh, in, instant access, instant answers. We want it now. You know, people forget, right. you know, be patient. Just wait. Because a lot of times when you do it in the flesh, it turns out wrong. When you wait and God delivers it to you, it, it's never wrong. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And it's, you know, it, it's amazing when, when, so we were out on vacation in San Antonio and Houston. And it was funny to be away from, even in the little home studio that we have here, but uh, just to be away from it and then to, to be able to come back, like you can, you know, when something that you're passionate about. And I felt that we were gone and, and Fuji, thanks to him and the guys to, they did the episode while I was on vacation and joined it with my beautiful girlfriend. It's just time away that we needed a vacation and, and Thanksgiving. But it's funny how you, there's sometimes you just think, okay, why am I doing this? Is it really worth it? Cause you, you always question yourself, no matter what you do in life, it's always a question and you want answers for it. And just being away for that little time. And then the, to pop on your own show to as, as a guest for the most part, you know, it, it really puts staples in things that you know that you want to do. And, this is something that we hope, Lord willing, that continues to grow with the people that we've come across, you know, to be able to talk to, uh, again, UD Gunn, like Andy Kalu, with Sean Salisbury, I mean, with, you know, Shil Kapadia, so many different people. And you hear the stories and you start putting things together like, man, you, you hear how you guys started, where you guys are going, how you guys don't stop. Because not one guest that we have, even up to Glenn Macknell, not one guest that we have on you never hear him say, well, that's it. I'm retired. Goodbye. See you later. I'm done. I mean, it's always reinventing yourself. Almost like Madonna. Madonna reinvents herself and keeps herself going somehow or another. So, uh -huh. you know, it's when you're passionate and I've always told us to Fuji and we say just about before every single show, when this is no longer fun, that's when it's over. But I'm forever grateful for having that man above you because he, you know, we've been through it and, you know, we've had guys come and go and, you know, they've, they've, moved on for you know whatever their reasons needed to be um but we keep things going and we we keep launching new things and hoping that we can grow even more within the next uh, 100 episodes and just finding out okay what's the next step what do we do next and it's just networking and, and hopefully we can grow our brand of network and and keep going from there i mean leslie goodell surprises the other day with ruben i mean and god bless because you know you just you never know and that's why you never burn a bridge because you never know Who's on the other side? Who knows who? And that's why I'm forever grateful. And I had to step away there for a second because if not, <laughs> as my voice is crackling here a little bit, I probably would have lost it. So I just decided to walk away, step away, and come back. But I, I D-Gun, you have, you have no, it's like, it's, it's a father, it's a brother, it's everything. That's how much you have meant to me personally within the last 15 years and continues to grow because of just how you handle everything. And it's just, I'm forever grateful, honestly, God. Well, thank you guys, man, very much. That means a lot to me coming from you guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on, and we do appreciate you. Yeah. So one, I will ask one last question, which I'm pretty sure it's been 
the talk of the town. And we'll, one last sports segment question here. Next year, do we see Russell Wilson in Philly? I, I, I've said this on multiple platforms. If I'm Russell Wilson and I look at his age now, 33 years old, he's won a Super Bowl ring. Up until this year, Seattle had been a consistent playoff contender. Do I want to come to Philadelphia, an environment that's rebuilding, and you really don't know what direction it's going in right now? It still has a long ways to go. Now, they do come out from under the Carson Wentz cap hit after this season. Uh, from what I've read, the, the salary cap could go up in excess of $25 million in 2022 because it was decreased in 2000. Uh, 21 because of COVID. Um, so uh, Eagles will have a lot more money to play with. I think Howie Roseman, for all the bad press that Howie gets for drafting players, I think Howie does a pretty good job in terms of bringing in strategic free agents to fill spots. So the roster may be a little bit better. But if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm going to put myself in the best position possible to succeed now because you don't know how many years you're going to have left in this league. And at that stage, do, if I'm Russell Wilson, do I want to be part of a rebuilding process? You know, especially with a young head coach who's still evolving in Nick Sirianni. So with all those things said, I, from, from my perspective, I think the prospects of Russell Wilson coming here are more towards slim uh, than strong. So, you know, I know that's not like, it's not what a lot of people out there want to hear who are Eagles fans, but, you know, if I'm a proven veteran, and I may not play until I'm 40. I may only want to play one more contract. I don't know what's going through his mind right now. I want to put myself in a position to be able to hoist that Lombardi trophy once again sooner rather than later. And right now, Philadelphia is not that viable option. Okay. Gum, would you say, as far as on the Russell Wilson subject, the Sierra may have something to do with it? I know New York is one city he said he would like to go to, even though that team's in disarray, but. Well, any, any smart husband will listen to his wife. He may not always agree with his wife, but he'll listen to his wife when it comes to major moves like that. So I would think that she would have some input. Is it enough input to sway his decision one way or another? I have no idea. But if he's smart, at least he'll listen. Sure will. But listen, again, once again, thanks for coming on. Uh, you might want to say, though, maybe a quick hello to our next gentleman coming up here because – He's a, a pretty good known character here in, in Philly. And I don't say character as in taking it lightly, meaning from SI.com. We have joined us as well here, Ed Kratz. Ed, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Hey, how's everybody hey, doing? Hey, hey, Ed, how you doing, man? Hey, good, Gunner. Good, man. Good to hear from you. Happy holidays to all of you guys, by the way. Thank Happy you. Happy holidays, you too, well. Gun. Thank you. All right. Listen, thanks again for coming on. We don't want to take up too much of your time because, you know, you have a lot of grilling and other things to go to yeah. as well. So, yeah, we do appreciate it. But thanks for, for taking a minute out. By the way, everyone, please listen to Gun on One, the podcast. You will not be let down whatsoever. And go back and listen to the one, especially with Troy Vincent. That was probably at least one of my favorites that, that I will say offhand is the one with Troy Vincent. So, everyone, check out Gun on One podcast. Uh, you guys, again, follow me again on Twitter. And, and matter of fact, let me let the man himself know where he can be found everywhere on social media and his .com website. So, D-Gun, take it away. Yeah, and, you know, you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm not hard to find, the real D-Gun. Um, you know, my latest podcast uh, that, that, that's out coming out now will be with Brandon Graham again. It'll be after the, um, the Redskins game um, coming up this coming week. Uh, just did Brian Mitchell. 
uh, the former Eagles, Washington Giants, great. One of the uh, all-time great return men who has been nominated once again for the 2022 Pro Football of Fame. I mean, this guy's number two all-time in 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 return yardage in the NFL. Um, in yard, excuse me, yardage in the NFL, only behind Jerry Rice. So he didn't get in in 2017 when he was nominated in 2016. Hopefully, he gets in next year. Um, but yeah, those two. You know, Brian Mitchell is out right now. Uh, Brandon Graham will be coming out next week uh, after the uh, Eagles play. Uh, Washington. Um, and, you know, we just continue to roll and have fun. You also, if you get a chance, check me out. I'm on CBS three on Sunday mornings with uh, my yeah. guy, Rob Ellis doing a show odds on I'm on 97.5 to fanatic uh, three hours prior to Eagles kickoff on game day. And I'm the, I'm on the Jacob media, YouTube uh, sports network for two hours after every Eagles game. So as you can tell, I don't know if I'm foot or horseback half the time, man, you know, <laughs> and, and, and when you live in a house with five adults, three dogs and a three-year-old demolition expert, <laughs> you don't know who you are half the time. So how I maintain it, it's by the grace of God. That's all I can tell you. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Well, listen, tell the family hello. Thank you. And happy holidays. Of course, D-Gun to you and the family. Again, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, listen, I'm quite sure we'll be reaching out again to have you back on here after your schedule calms down a little bit. Oh, also, right. also being a shameless promotion, you can also find me on the Eagles Digital Network. I do a show for them called Eagles Edge. Uh, and I also, right. do, oh, I'm, I'm also doing a podcast for them called Feeding the Birds. We, we've talked to hasn't come out yet, but it will come out sometime in March, I believe it is. Uh, it's a it's a podcast about uh, talking to former players and coaches who have transitioned into either the food or wine industry. So that's oh, coming shit. up as well. So it's, you know, again, you know, I keep forgetting stuff because basically I used to have a brain. Now I'm blessed to have half a brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that song from The Wizard of Oz, If I Only Had a Brain. You know? <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost there at that level. So, That's but thank right. you guys so much. God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing, and I hope to see you again way before the next 100th episode and beyond. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming. On. We appreciate it. All right, Ed. First of all, Ed, thanks as well for you coming on. I know you were just with us here in episode 91. In case everyone uh, doesn't know, Ed, well, and instead of leaving for you, we can also have everyone find out exactly where you are and exactly what you end up doing. So, Ed, take it away. Well, I just want to say, first of all, congratulations, guys, on 100 shows. Thank uh, you. What, what a great milestone. What, a, what a, an achievement you, you have to be so proud of. And, you know, I know I came to the party late here. I was one of the later guests, but uh, better late to the party than never having oh. arrived at the party. So uh, thank you again for helping, uh, you know, for putting me on your show. And uh, I think it's great. And congratulations again. And I, I wish you guys uh, all the success for another 100. Thank you. We do thank appreciate you. you coming on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that we, we've been fortunate as, as we told the other guests, we've been very fortunate with the people we've had on. And, and I, I know when um, Fuji was talking to me as far as having you on again, there's, there's times we know it could be a far stretch because of you guys. We know your schedules are always busy. You guys always have stuff, stuff going on. And that's why I use the word character because it's it's easier to break people down in that in the form of the word, you know, you, between cartoon characters before people put on hard hat characters. I mean, everyone at at one point 
the reason why character is easy to use because it's breaking down the individual parts of what you guys end up doing. You yourself are always constantly busy. I mean, we see you also on Jacob Media. So just like, you know, we see D-Gun. And it's just, it's an honor for us to have you guys to believe at least to come on our show when, I mean, you can go anywhere else. And, and we know that you guys try and make time, but it's it's just an honor for us to have you guys on, to at least know that we try to do things around here professionally and right for the most part. But you, we know that you can go on any other place, but honestly, even if you came late to the party and we know that we're going to have another throwback night, so we didn't forget about that one either. Uh, but just taking the time to speak to us, we're, we're just beyond grateful. So thank you, Ed, for coming back on with us. Uh, the, the pleasure's all mine, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, Fuji, I don't know if you have one of your related questions or not. Uh, I know you said when you were on last time how you got involved in your career. I know you said you started covering the Pirates. Could you explain? Do you mind yeah. going down reminiscing a little bit about that? <laughs> well, it, it actually began before the Pirates, uh, you know, but we're really going back into the past here. I, you know, I started out basically, uh, you know, I was an old wrestler in high school and the the uh sports editor of the local paper uh said to me you know because i was staying locally for college he said you know there's not a lot of people that understand wrestling but you know if you want to come write some stories for me and make some money rather than working for the school newspaper just you know reach out and i'll send you out and cover some wrestling matches and because you know about it and kind of that's what i did and i you know then i got some more assignments various sports i answered phones you know just taking results on the phone back you know back in my college days and uh but but ultimately i built a clip file uh with my names by ed kratz you know i built up this clip file which then i uh took on interviews with me and showed prospective employers my work in a, in a little folder and that's the way it was done in those days you know that was pre-digital pre pre-computer all that stuff nowadays you you know, you have everything on LinkedIn and all your, you know, stories are online. People can just see that. But back then it was a lot different. So, uh, you know, that that was kind of the start. And then I was with the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, covering high schools for them. And then that's when I went out and ended up uh, at Pittsburgh Press. And I was doing some small colleges out there. And then I landed the, you know, doing some uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, did the Pirates beat back when Barry Bonds was just, you know, this skinny little kid breaking into the league in 1990-ish um 1989 maybe but uh, yeah that's how far back i go so I, I i did that for a while and then i moved down into west virginia and covered west virginia uh universities football and basketball teams for a number of years and uh you know listen i could go on and on about you know how i got started and everything but uh it's a long and winding road but uh you know my heart is always at the high school level too you know no matter how high you rise or whatever you cover in the pros or colleges you know, I just love the allure of high school sports and athletics and, you know, kids that just do it for the thrill and the love of doing it. Ninety percent of them aren't going to go on and do it at the next level. But, you know, there's something pure and honest about covering sports at that level that just I, I love so much. And, you know, uh, we'll never forget doing all that. And, you know, someday may return to that. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of a you, you've been in the business long enough. You end up doing a lot of stuff. And, and that's what I've done. And, you know, I'm grateful and thankful for, you know, the number of years I've survived in this business. It's a tough, tough grind, tough business. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'm doing something right. Absolutely. Sounds yep. like a very impressive resume. Yeah. I could talk. 
<laughs> yeah, it but it's, it's just weird. Everybody's got their backstory on how they get started. Like you guys, I'm sure have a backstory on how how things began with you. I mean, that, and that's kind of what I like about the business we're in is telling stories, telling people right. stories because everybody has a story. Everybody has come from somewhere. Everybody has achieved something in life. I like to learn about that. I like to tell that story, and I and I enjoy along the way you know, getting to know people and, and maybe making some friends along the way with some of the subjects that I've written about. So, you know, that's another great thing about being in this business is the relationships you make and the stories you tell. Yeah. I, would, I would say over, you know, 100 episodes and reaching out to Angela when he was doing Philly sports updates on Facebook. That's how we got started. And, hmm. you know, I just met a lot of great people and, you know, all the interviews we've had, including yourself, and just learning the knowledge from episode one, you know, being tongue-tied and stiff as a board, and <laughs> now just being able to talk on camera, like just having a regular conversation sitting at the bar, you know, yeah. or what yeah. have you. Yeah, but it's, it's tough to do, right? I mean, it it's is. something that you have to kind of acquire and feel your way along as you're doing it. It's like anything that you... You break into any field, you know, that's the way right. it is. You know, you, it looks all good and looks easy, but you guys make it look easy. And that's part of the key to your success. But you have grown along the way. Like exactly. we all do. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's a, uh, to me, I think it's a tough part. And that, and you also get the, you know, you, you want to, sometimes you always feel like you want to grow faster than what you want to do, but everything takes time and patience as, as Fuji and I have discovered for many things. And obviously we started with, uh, doing it live as far as on Facebook and the first fees I was showing Fuji there before, uh, before we started the show tonight, um, things that you learn that you have to make sure you have good connections, uh, you know, forget about the Wi-Fi, a couple other things. And then the audio makes a world of difference. And when you're first starting out, you're talking about starting a, on a budget for about 10 bucks. And then not that the budget is any bigger because your budget might be looking about a hundred bucks. We're not even up to a thousand yet. Uh, but it's just, putting those little small things together that to make it the way it is. Cause uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll show you the same picture I showed earlier to BLG just to show you, <laughs> this is where it started and right oh, back there wow. in that corner. Yeah. yeah. That, that $5 green screen, you shoved it that crate and that one light and it was just putting it together and then figure out how to do everything else on the fly uh, has made us just grow. And even Fuji, Fuji from the first time when he came on and it's always the, the fun part because as he said, he was very stiff, and it took him a while to finally break into it. And he's got nights where he'll still go back to it, but now he's learned his rhythm and, and how to make things happen. And, and it's fun. It's fun to learn. It's fun to grow. I mean, our audience, as far as on the audio side that I was talking about Derek Gunn with before we went on air, for us to, for, to grow as much as we have, um, even on the audio download side of the house, you're talking about some 15 different states here in the U.S. Um, in Brazil, just about the entire, like half of, of Brazil listens in. Uruguay, uh, Kenya just started listening in. Wow. Um, Singapore, you know, China, Russia. So it's That's it's awesome. amazing. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Believe me. And it's it's hard work, but it's it's fun. And, and like everything else, you have to watch what you say as well, because the last thing you want to do is say something that you have to take back. And once you discredit yourself, it's the worst thing. But it's been... We've been having so much fun and we appreciate everyone that comes on. And I always say that, you know, you never forget those who helped you along the way. I mean, we've had Michael Sherman that was on with us and Ryan Neff that was on with us. Nick Lisi, who's in school. So he'll be back with us here and during college. And we just added Dylan Spaulding. So, you know, it's just, 
it is amazing to network with folks and you never know where, you know, who knows who and, and who you come across. But, and that's why we're grateful to someone like you that, that, you know, again, you, you take the time to hone into your craft, you know what you love to do and you keep going from there. And I mean, I don't know where our limits are as far as the, you know, using the old term, the sky's the limit, but we hope the next hundred episodes we're able to, you know, rebrand and do a couple of things, maybe add a couple of sponsors. It's hard during COVID because we know it's harder for companies now to be more lenient with their budget before than you do now. And we respect that. We understand it. Um, but as far as they know, I think that's the hardest one where Fuji and I get into because he'll line up the guests and we'll, we'll both try it. And that man gets upset when someone says no, he gets upset. And then it's like calming each other down. Like, don't worry, we'll get somebody else. And Lord knows we tried, but we've been, very, very fortunate with the with the first 100 guests that we've had on. So I, again, it's never late to the party yet. But thank you again for just coming on for doing what you do. We got to have the throwback night because Fuji already called his best friend Howie, which I already told you beforehand. You know him and Howie Rose when they go back and forth. But that the throwback night we need to have. That's just one of those shows. He's going to be kicked back. We're going to go back to all the Eagles in the past. Matter of fact, you know, Philly Sixers all the way around. We'll talk about it, even around the NFL. But it, that's going to be a fun night when we get the opportunity of doing that one. Yeah, yeah, good. I'll, I'll look forward to that one for sure. Uh, but you guys are a great partnership, I can tell. And it's great to have someone to lean on, you know, like you guys can lean on each other, you know. Uh, you. It's good to have that. And, you know, going mm-hmm. back to that green screen, that, that's, that's great, you know, when you first started out. But, you know, you, you only you do the best you can with what you have, right? And, yeah. And, and then you go from there. Uh, but you always try to put out quality uh, along the way and do the best you can with whatever you have. And you guys have done that. And, and look at you now. Here you are, 100 shows in and different backdrops. And, you know, things sound great. Things look great. You have a good partnership together. And it's, uh, you know, it's a lot to be excited about for the future, I think. Thank right. you. That is Fuji. Fuji is, I, I told him he's my ride or die guy. No matter who comes and goes, that's, that's my guy from, from here until the eternity. And as we always say, when it stops being fun, that's when it's all over. So, it, and then we continue to fun. We, we continue finding people. We continue to grow. We continue finding doing new things and we're not done yet. Cause we're hoping that uh, we have our own little internet radio that we're going to start up here within the next 100 episodes. Hopefully it won't take as long. But just so it just gives more opportunity, not only for us, but the people that we've connected with, with other shows, so we can all just create just one network and, you know, still be independent with our own well-being, but be able to put things together ourselves. Therefore, that for those who haven't heard about the different shows that are out there that are of good quality and know what it is to put the grind in, that's our next venture coming up. So there's a lot of things coming up. We started with BroadStreetSouth.com. My thankfully, my IT guy Matt Kelly, he's done a great job as far as updating it, making it look more modern, and putting the hard work into it. So yeah, it it takes a lot, but it's it's worth the blessed sweat and tears. And I'm thankful for my producer because she puts up with a lot. She knows I'm in here early, I'm in here late. You know, I it's something that it's my passion, but it started over 12 years ago, 14 years now, I guess at this point. And thankfully for someone who didn't believe at the time. I'm very fortunate that she believes in everything I do. And if it wasn't for her and her encouragement, I don't know if this would actually gotten kicked off. So I'm, I'm forever grateful to her. Fuji, I don't know if you had one last thing or not. Well, I was going to say, you know, as thank you, Ed, for the nice compliment for both of us. I Chemistry, Angel said to me, you know, I was going to start up pod, Philly sports podcast. And it was always a dream that I never pursued 
be 50 years old in a couple months and 100 episodes into this, you know, blessed by the best is beat off. That's his slogan. You know, just thankful Angel gave me the opportunity. Could have won a different route, but, you know, I've been here ever since. Like you said, our chemistry is it's phenomenal chemistry going back and forth. You know, we can be serious, professional, and still bust chops and, you know, <laughs> just, just have fun with it. Yeah. And, and I like what Angel said about, uh, you know, liking what you do, you know, the day you stop liking it is the day you get out, but it's so important, you know, to enjoy what you're doing. You know, the old saying, you never have to work a day in your life if you like what you do. And, uh, you know, and that certainly keeps, that, that's what produces quality. In my opinion, if you like what you're doing, you're going to put out quality work. And, uh, so that's a great point that, that, that Angel made there that, you know, that, that quality is what comes from enjoy enjoying what you do. So true. And, and uh, by the way, speaking of, as Fuji just said before you let go here, Ed, we had Kane Callison, Ruben Amaro Jr. on just a couple, just last week. And normally I get my chops busted by the guy right above you. Well, didn't expect it, but Kane Callison did it in a funny way. Behind me is the Chicago Bears helmet. And as we're talking, Kane interrupts, he just added a blue. He says, uh, hey, but what's with the Chicago Bears helmet? I mean, can you explain that to me? And we all started laughing because I didn't expect it from Kane Callis, Harry Callis' son. Yeah. And so I had explained that obviously it's for my my producer. She comes originally from the Illinois area and diehard, you know, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox fans. So I had explained to him the reason why. But normally it's my co-host who's busting my chops and end up being Kane Callis. And I'm totally unexpected. It was so much fun. What happened to the Cubbies? <laughs> that's the other side of family of course that's what makes it fun that's exactly what makes it fun so well, no, we'll see what happens in the next 100 but uh Ed, <laughs> thanks so much again for for coming on we know you're extremely busy but we appreciate everything that, that again that you've said to us um the first episode you came on with us again we'll have you back on but before you go please let everyone know how they can get a hold of you and how they can view you yeah, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or you can just uh, hit the si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles, and you can find uh, my work there. So I uh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks again. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats on the on the this milestone episode, and uh, all the best going forward for the next 100. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Everyone else, uh, stay tuned. So as you guys can see there, and we're, again, grateful for the people who were able to stop by to see us and talk to us. Again, it's tough. It's really tough when you have other engagements to do, but you're able to have the opportunity to at least to come on with us and talk to us for a little bit. And, and, and again, grateful is not even enough words to be able to say. Uh, if there's a little bit of an audio lag, I do apologize. Uh, the internet might be working in just a little bit uh, extreme here tonight, but hopefully we're going to straighten out. So, the last one, and by the way, Rick, I think, had one of the funnier lines of the night here. It says, you can follow me at the Tampa airport. Just look out the window of your plane. And Julio, yeah, I feel you. A lot of people, as far as the travel, because you got to figure a lot of folks have bought their tickets, that had you know booked their reservations as far as the rooms, and now everybody has to move stuff around. It's just, it's insane. So once again, the NFL, they said that if you could not meet the regulations because of the protocols for COVID, that you had to forfeit the game and then they turn around and add this to the mix. So it's a shame, but it is what it is. 
So the last one that we have here, uh, let's close this out, will be Frank Close, who was on, again, he was on with us. Um, we end up enjoying Frank. Frank, we know that he normally talks baseball, uh, but it's fun to to be able to talk to these guys. So here is Frank Close once again uh, on with us. And the last time that Frank was on with us, if I do recall, it was episode just about 72 or so. So here's Frank with us on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. We had on and, and I knew you were going to laugh <laughs> the way you are. Uh, that's all right. It's okay. Listen, episode 72, we're fortunate to have Frank close and Frank and I uh, have been friends on social media for, for a good while now at this point. And we tend to forget because you get so busy with life and everything else. Then when you look through sometimes your social media, it's like, wow, I haven't reached out to this person or I haven't spoken to this person in a while. And you tend to forget you actually follow each other. So when you see something up there, like, do I follow or, or what do I do here? But uh, with that being said, and we're very, very fortunate that he can take so much time away from the extreme business that he has. Frank, first of all, thank you for coming back on. Thank you for originally coming on with us on episode 72, which we had a great night that night. We know that the there's the LMB lockout. We might get into it here a little bit, but we thank you for coming on. We thank you for also being part of the first 100. And uh, I, I don't know what else to, to, to say from there, but... Thank you so much for coming back on with us tonight. Hey, thank you. Congratulations on 100. That's that's the thank big you. achievement here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for coming back on, Frank. And coincidental, first show I hosted, you were that's right the guest, and I was nervous and tongue-tied as anything. I could bring that one back up so you can see how nervous you were. <laughs> I'm sure you would, smart guy. <laughs> no, but it's... it's you know, we, it's it's fun, and it was Fuji's first breakout uh, role as a host, and then his second one wasn't as bad as, as the first, but it's like everything else. Fuji had talked about it as we were talking earlier with D-Gun and Ed, uh, with Ed Kratz. He was saying how you still get butterflies, and, and those guys said the same thing too, so it's not like anything different. And because we know when we go live, right, and you can pre-record things, you can talk about different things, and it's funny that things will go flawlessly, if you're not live, when you go live, it could be the internet, which obviously we all know can just go down. Down here in Florida, because of the summer storms, guaranteed that we've lost a couple of shows just because Spectrum's getting better. You know, they they try mm-hmm. to average between two to four hours, but before it would just be hours on end. And so they're trying to get a little bit better. But it, you know it yourself, Frank. It's anytime you go live, that's when all the little gremlins come out. So we've been fortunate to have 100 episodes. Um, Thanks to a dream over many, many years ago to be able to put this together. And then thanks to my co-host, which I, I don't know if he's getting tired of me saying it tonight or not. And I'm pretty sure maybe it will, maybe it won't. But thanks to Fuji, honest to God, for like just being there during the sports updates. Him and I have gone through some highs and lows with, you know, whether it's, you know, people that have been with us or, you know, just life things. Because life does happen upon shows and everything else you do. But he's been my right-hand man and and he continues to be my guy and, he will always be my guy until uh, the very end. And when the show stops being fun, that's when everything comes to an end. But I've been very fortunate to have Fuji. He's been great. Uh, he loves to get the guests that we've had on as we both try, but he takes that extra, you know, passionate effort to do so. And it's, uh, I couldn't ask for anything more 
other than my producer who always ends up being there to give me little notes about the audio, if it's good, it's bad. And if you listen and look at the very first one, matter of fact, I might bring it up here. Please got something else to say. Uh, very first episode, I look like Max Headroom because of the way the internet <laughs> connection was that night. It's just, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I look back oh. at a lot of my old stuff too, and I just wonder how the heck did anybody ever take me seriously, right? So <laughs> it's 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 uh part of part of uh part of part of the game, right? You gotta start somewhere, and then if you don't start somewhere, you're not gonna get anywhere, right? So uh, it's just fun to go back and laugh on some of that stuff, you know. Mark, I like to say again, thanks for coming on. I uh you know we've replayed it, you know, in between interviews and so like Gainesville talks about Max Edlin, but I was just Stiff as a board, you know, like tongue tied as anything. <laughs> like, what do you really say? Walking into a, a laptop for the first time, like, and now it's just like a hundred episodes later. And it's, I mean, just the confidence just that you build over time. And like I said, I, I still get jittery. And, you know, depending on who's coming on and, I'm sure you know you've been in this business a very long time, and you know whether you on the radio or doing your podcast, it's you know you grow leaps and bounds as as you know we all grow in anything and everything through life. Amen. It's it, listen. It's fun, and matter of fact, since since you brought it up, I I went Frank. <laughs> <laughs> God, no. <laughs> just so you can see what it looked like here uh episode one back in july of what are we now 20 so july 2020 yeah as the as the pandemic started so here's just kind of a a, a bit and piece here and you can see how young Fuji was back then when it first started <laughs> yeah i think uh matt Pryor is gonna step in i mean i just think it's a backup plan in case still andre dillard doesn't can't step up to the plate and you know, be the new bodyguard for Carson Wentz. You know, I just, I mean, I do have some depth on the line, a couple guys that he had drafted. Right. And like I said, I just think it's maybe smoke and mirrors and Jason Peters will play left tackle again, if need be. Yeah. The funny, interesting thing here, and, and the one thing, of course, one person that I follow extremely close which would be my brother back home, James Seltzer. And he was talking about on his Go Birds podcast. You see how many times the thing will freeze up. And the one thing that you end up learning as you go along here. So when we first decided to start everything, it was learning like who, who had what features and all that good fun stuff. And so the one thing that I didn't learn as we got everything going is obviously for the hardwiring, because the way the studio was originally set up, there was no way for me to be hardwired. And so I had to go off the Wi-Fi. Well, the reason why we ended up going with the Max Headroom look and everything else was just because of that. When you know, once you learn how everything else starts to process, so it makes it a little bit harder. But then finally, moving the studio around and getting things set up the way we have it set up right now, then it makes it a little bit better because then you have better audio quality, you have better lighting, and you know, you, when you start with a little five dollar budget, it makes a world of difference. So when you add more to it. The same way with Fuji, he's always upgraded to it, and he's gotten more and more comfortable. It's always funny to take a look at back at your first episode and see, you know, what you've done, what upgrades, whatever the case may be. And, and we just we've been laughing like ever since since we've been watching it. 
So it, got that right. I, I still haven't uh, made this that professional a studio, but uh, at least I got at least I got my mic uh, for my work at home. I will say this though, and you know, I'm a college professor by day, and when the pandemic hit. I was the only one that had any equipment when I had to all of a sudden teach all my classes online all of a sudden overnight. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. uh, so it kind of that 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 prepped me well for uh, for what I had to do to survive uh, with my with my college students. And but um, it, it's funny though because uh, teaching a class online, I'm often I'm often recording it, and, and much like your shows, people will watch it later. Of course, not right. everybody can, not everybody's there live, but but it's, it's it's an interesting dynamic trying to 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 uh, have some personality and capture it uh, even when the audience right is, isn't right in front of you. Well, which, which even streaming like this, you know, we don't know who's totally watching. I mean, you probably have better uh, tools than I do to see who's, who's, who's watching right now live, but uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of, kind of an interesting uh, thing to get used to that, that you're, you gotta, you gotta maintain that personality uh, even without people in the room with you. Right. And I think that's that's the toughest part because you the good thing is if you have butterflies, it's like everything else. And if if those butterflies hang around, that's what makes you more even passionate of what you do, because you think about, you know, what make sure you're not doing something wrong. Did you miss something or something else? And it's amazing to me as I've you know, as Fuji and I have grown into this is that I'll, I'll as everything goes on, because there's three monitors going on at the same time as the show's going along, and I'm making sure the different feeds are working, make sure the audio's working, so I, I have things playing in the headphones to make sure everything's going well, and then my producer, where she's in Studio B, she does the same thing to make sure the other feeds, that you can hear it and how well either it is or it isn't. And so I get to miss parts of the conversation because I'm so busy doing things behind the scenes, even though I'm in front of the camera, that when I go back and hear the replay, I'm like, Oh, that's what the guys were laughing about, or or that key point I end up missing. So it's fun to be able to be here as far as like you said, have all the equipment, have everything in front, but then also having the capability like everyone else here in the replay to hear like, okay, did I what did I miss so I can catch it in the future? But it, it's it's definitely fun. And the same way during the pandemic, as we just talked to Ed Kratz about it, it's amazing how people were scrambling. And he um Derek Gunn also mentioned before. That he read an article that was like 780 or 730,000 people. 750,000 people started podcast during the pandemic last year. And so what ended up happening was that with the uh, the equipment, people were trying to find it, it was a sh- you know, it was shorthanded. I mean, we we were actually looking for uh to upgrade the webcam because when I first started, it was the one off my laptop. Um, and that was just 720. And so it, it didn't have the best pictures. And as we looked around, no one had anything. I mean, to find a PC, anything, it was extremely tough. Um, I like to know what those numbers are, though, after the the height of the pandemic, because I'm pretty sure half of them podcasts are, are probably gone. The nice part about it is, is having a podcast is that you're able to, to a certain extent, you can probably say more than what you were, you would normally say on regular radio. But at the same time, too, you want to keep it professional because the worst thing to do is, one, give out the wrong information, and then, two, to insult someone or, you know, even if someone's making a comment. That's the worst thing you can do, as I'm pretty sure you know, know, being able to teach. You can, it's like, and everyone's gone through it. You can say something if your girlfriend, wife, friend asks you, hey, Honey, how do you like in this dress? And you better not say the wrong thing because once you say it, it's like, <laughs> oh boy, I gotta take that back. But you know, that's the fun part about doing this, doing a podcast. And we've been very, very fortunate. 
100 episodes in, and we've been having a lot of fun. We've had a, a good amount of guests in. And last year, honest to God, when the offseason came around, Fuji and I looked at each other like, what are we going to do next? And we were fortunate to be able to do our first offseason to look forward to what we can do here on the next one upcoming. So, But we know that baseball hopefully will be back, which we hope to get more talks with you when it comes towards the baseball season. But uh, I like to get at least your quick perspective of uh, this lockout. Do you possibly see anything happening in the immediate future? Immediate future, no. Um, I th- I think it's going to be boring for a while. I mean, <laughs> you know, as somebody who who would write articles and talk about things on the air, there, there's nothing to talk about. I feel like this is going to be one of those situations where both sides know that they just they cannot afford either side cannot afford to get to mid February and the players not report to spring training. They cannot afford to have a delayed opening of the season. So I think they're going to work it out. It might take, I, I, I think it'll take till after the new year, but it, it, I, I feel like it's going to, it's going to, it's going to get worked out some way, somehow. I don't think any, I think both sides know the fans will not be sympathetic to either side. Uh, if, if somebody, you know, nobody's going to, nobody's going to take any sides on this. I think they're just going to think that, well, this sucks. Like, you know, 1994, I don't think anybody, if my memory serves me well, nobody was pro player, pro owner. They were just mad that there wasn't baseball, right? So, right. I, exactly. I, I think this is going to get worked out. Then, once it gets worked out, then you'll have all these signings and trades that that couldn't happen, and that'll, you know, maybe it has the potential to make baseball a little extra exciting for a while, leading up to the season when teams are just going crazy like they were before the the lockout to make a bunch of moves. Uh, so if if they flip the switch back on and it's January fifteenth and there's a month to make your team to before you head to to uh, Florida and Arizona, that could be a lot of fun. So, but for now, I'm just <laughs> like 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 a lot of people, you know, there's there's a lot going on still. Uh, pandemic's still going on. We're still adapting the way we do things, and I'm tired. So <laughs> yeah. right. I can honestly say I I don't mind the little break that I'm getting right now, uh, and. Uh, I think though, when it comes down to it, it will it will be okay. And uh, if not, I, I have my trip to Clearwater booked. I'm going anyway. So nice. <laughs> okay. Well, Frank, right. we'll meet up down here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Frank, just to jump in um, for the for the lockout started. Um, the Phillies do they really have a lot of money to spend in free agency? Still, and what's left out there? That's kind of hard to say, you know, the, the luxury tax was sort of the, the limit last year, the Phillies indicated beforehand, they expected to lose a lot of money leading into last year, as did a lot of teams. Right. Uh, but the way I'm looking around the league, there was no shortage of money uh, changing hands before the lockout. So I tend to think people are better off financially in terms of the ownership perspective, or at least they expect revenues to be up now a lot will depend on the cba so if, if the luxury tax goes away or it gets expanded if it's a higher ceiling well then the phillies might be willing to spend more i mean i think i think i think two things about that that would make you not spend the money one would be if you sign a mediocre player and you're up against the limit that player could cost extra that that they really weren't worth to begin with so 
you have to be careful in that regard because you don't want to over overpay overpay for for a marginal upgrade. And then if you have uh, if you go over as well, there are other ramifications, including draft picks and stuff like that. So I think that was really what kept the Phillies from from spending more than the, the limit. And I I also think it has to do with their overall strategy that that Dave Dombrowski came in. You know, you saw him gut the farm system completely in terms of its leadership. I don't think he wanted to, to to make any moves that would give up the meager prospects that the organization has. So so his additions really had to be additions where he didn't give up a whole lot. That was kind of the that was, it was kind of like the do no harm mentality last year. So he's got a year to see what he has. He actually gets to know what the players in the system are, and I think he's even said it himself. Like. Yes, why is that he wasn't active making trades? He's like, I don't I don't know anything about the guys in my system. I'd have to take somebody's word for it, right? So right. And, and as we saw, and, and Dombrowski has even said some of the guys in-house overvalued what they had. So so I think a lot of it was about making sure that the organization had a long-term path forward. And uh, you know, in terms of the total money they'll spend, I think that depends on a lot of things, but uh there should be at least some. Uh, you know, they, they did clear a lot of salaries this year. They haven't really spent anything yet. Corey uh, Knebel was, uh, what, $10 million. You know, that, that's that's basically what Hector Neris and Vince Velasquez cost last year. So, right. you know, they still had some other guys departing. I wouldn't be shocked if they, they would make some trades that would free up a little bit of money. There's not a lot to trade, but uh, I, I think there's some there's there's room for at least one impact-type player and then maybe somebody close close to the upper tier as well. But uh, but you know I, I think I think the Phillies are going to have to make some trades. You know and, uh, you know they, you just can't keep throwing money out there. And I think right. making a trade will will change the mix a little bit. You know the Phillies have had the same guys not winning for a few years. You know uh, like Chuck Fletcher said about the Flyers. You know sometimes you just got to mix. And of course his new mix isn't working out so great either. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah sometimes you need you need to change the mix that you have and and i think we're going to see this year the dave dombrowski stamp on the team that he he really couldn't do last year because you know he had just been hired this time right. last year so uh he didn't really get the full off season to do his thing so so in terms of how much they spend i i, I don't know if that's the big question so much as how did how do you uh retool this in a way that that gives you the best chance to win and i and i feel like the phillies ownership is open-minded if dombrowski says look I can make this move, and I think that'll put us over the edge. Well, I think they'll listen, you know. All right. They were 10 years off of Cliff Lee. Philly's ownership paid for Cliff Lee when everybody thought that they would be done spending money. So so I, I, so we'll see. It all depends on uh, how, how Dombrowski works his magic. As far as Don Mattingly's son being hired, what's your take of him? Well, me personally, of course, I haven't got to see a lot of his work, but but he was highly respected, highly regarded. Uh, you know, around the league, uh, and and he's really seen as somebody who will be a real asset to the Phillies. And uh, you know, we we have to we have to watch him work his magic still before I can make it a you know personal opinion on him. But you know, he was working out in the West Coast, and not not a guy that I really got to see a lot of. But um, but but what I've read is that he is highly respected, and hopefully he'll make a real difference in in getting this organization into the right direction. You see the Phillies uh, taking a shot at Trevor's story. Or, you know, you know, I, I the Phillies have been linked a lot to Kyle Schwarber. I, I the Phillies really should should get should as and I think they really need it 
a right-handed bat to be behind Bryce Harper. Now, you see, you could say, well, that could be Reese Hoskins. You know, I, I, Hoskins has been inconsistent at times. I'd rather get a second righty there. Uh, you know, Hoskins would still be part of the, the bigger picture, I assume, um, unless they make another move. Again, you know, we'll see if they change the mix. But uh, but I like, for that reason, Trevor Story. Uh, I know people say, well, what about Bryson Stott, their top prospect? Well, Stott can play second base. Uh, you know that after right. the, you know, they have – they have Didi and they may have Gene Segura both signed for just one more year each, right? So the both right. both positions right now are going to be clear really soon. So if you sign a story, he can bat fifth or fourth or you know whatever you however you want to do, draw the lineup up and maximize Harper, uh, and then you can have uh, Stott play second base next year perhaps. So so you know there there's a lot of options. Uh, but the other name I really like actually is Chris Bryant, and uh, I don't know what Me he's too. doing. Com- what he's going to command, but you know, going into a season where there might be a DH, I really like the idea of a Bryant that could play third base some days. He could play left field some days. Um, you know, you could play Alec Bohm at third base sometimes, and you know, depending on who's on the mound and how many ground balls they throw, maybe when he throws sure. a lot more ground balls, you don't want him at third base. So you you, you put him at first base that day, and Hoskins is your DH, and, and Bryant slips down to, to third base. Uh, or, 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 you know, you, there's so many possibilities here. So I, I think that I, I really like him for that reason. He's a good friend of Bryce Harper's from way back in the day in Las Vegas. You know, he, certainly they would they would they would bring a nice dynamic uh, to this to this team, and practically his bat fits. But but we'll see. I mean, do they want to spend what it'll take? You know. We, this is the off season where everybody's overpaying for everybody. Now, of course, right. that's every free agency. Everybody overpays for everybody. Do you but, see uh, um, Andrew McCutcheon maybe taking a reduced pay cut to come back? I, probably not. I, you know, I think uh, I think the Phillies view him more as a platoon player than a than a starter, and I think that uh, somebody out there will will let him be a starter. Uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Pirates. Maybe he goes home to the Pirates. Right. But there'll be there'll be somebody who gives, especially if there's a DH. You know, if you're Pittsburgh, uh, you know McCutcheon's not going to cost 15 million next year. You know, McCutcheon, if they can get him for seven million, eight million, you know, sure. bring him home. He could DH some. He can play the outfield some. Be a big fan favorite. They 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 let him start. So no, I I think t- t- there's teams like that that would that would love to have him. Uh, you know, uh, that that have a little bit more flexibility here. I think if the Phillies are going to be adding an impact player, it'll be in the outfield or, or at least part of the outfield. So Chris Bryant would be part of the outfield solution. And then if that's the case, then, and I, and by the way, I still think, and I said this when, even back when, um, <laughs> did they even sign McCutcheon yet? Cause people would ask about what about Alec Bohm? Oh, and when, when Alec Bohm came up, I was like, okay, right. they, I feel like they want to eke by two years with him at third base and then maybe they'll move him to left field. Now they ha- they haven't indicated they would go that direction yet, but I think that's a real possibility that, that right. Bohm could be an outfielder. So there, there's so many there's so many possibilities right now that I that I feel like if you assign McCutcheon, you're kind of locking you're you're kind of almost locking yourself into a DH at times. Uh and he'd be in a position where I think they need that flexibility. So I don't see him as a fit anymore. Uh, even though, as I've said many times, he, he was one of my favorite, favorite players, uh, especially back in the day. You know, I, I used to drive out to Pittsburgh right. every summer, loved watching him, even when the Phillies weren't wow. there. You know, some years I missed the Philly series. I still went out there for some games anyway. 
Loved watching Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, I just don't think he's a fit right now. Yeah. Do you possibly see Joe Girardi on the hot seat this year? Not really. No. Um, <laughs> there's a funny uh, the the year end press conference. Uh, Dave Dombrowski seems to be confused as to what his contract was. It sounds like when the Phillies uh, announced his deal, he has an option year for for the year after next. Okay. Um, you know, uh, he'd be going into a lame duck year, as they say, when uh, you know he goes into next season. But the reason why I don't think Joe Girardi is in any danger whatsoever is that as the Phillies took a look at this organization under Dombrowski and basically said this whole organization's a mess in terms of the structure mm-hmm. and execution of the minor leagues and development and such, um, Joe Girardi was there alongside him helping point out things and Sorry. helping make decisions to move forward. So I tend to feel like he's lock and step with this whole process right now. And I don't think you remove him from that. I mean, I think he's widely respected. I think he's still respected by, you know, the Girardi, even though Girardi didn't hire, excuse me, by Dabrowski, even though Dabrowski did not hire Girardi. So I I feel like that, um, you know, he's, 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 he's somebody that, that, that they're going to listen to rather than say, Oh, you're the problem. So, uh, Certainly, they found other problems, <laughs> and you right. know they they got they got the the Girardi's top choice for hitting coach, even if it meant uh, letting go Joe Dillon, um, which which is uh, which was something that was a little surprising because you know I think that they just decided they wanted <laughs> not that they wanted Joe Dillon out is you know you can get if you can get Kevin Long then you get Kevin Long so and and he's Girardi's guy so right. it's it seems like these moves are are made with, with Girardi carrying some clout in the organization. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Do you think the uh, Phillies pitching staff is set for next season? No. Um, it's always kind of controversial when I say this, but uh, I would be open-minded to trading Aaron Nola if, if uh, the right deal comes. Now, I'm not just saying, oh, go. You know, people will say, oh, he said get rid of Aaron Nola. No, I'm not saying get rid of Aaron Nola. I'm saying – He's got value. He's got one more guaranteed year on his contract with a couple option years. And they don't really have much in their farm system. So if they have a path where they can add a starter who gave you at least what Aaron Nola gave you last year, which, let's be honest, was not, I want to say it's not much, but it was nothing amazing, right? Right. If they can get another arm and move him for other assets that will help the organization. Well, you got to be open-minded about it. You know, no, nobody should be married to anybody. You know, just because you like them doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't make the moves that are best for your team. And if they're trying to clear some money, uh, if they're trying to add some prospects, uh, I, I vehemently disagree with anybody that says that Aaron Nola's value is quote unquote down. I think he, he maintains a tremendous amount of value. And I think if they play their cards right, that this this could be a strategic move to move the Phillies forward. But you know, if 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 they leave things as they are, you know, then you have a, a rotation of Wheeler, Nola, Gibson, Eflin, and uh, wait, who am I forgetting? <laughs> it's been a while since I've done this. So. What's that? From yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. As far that? as as far as the division, I mean, the Braves, I guess, are still head and shoulders above. Everybody else, would you agree to that? Yeah, I would say so. But Freddie Freeman, I don't think he's a lock to come back. So nah. that, that would be a that would be a really uh, big blow to the Braves. Um, 
why do I think Freddie Friedman could leave? Well, um, I, I've seen the reports of what he's asked for, mm-hmm. which was basically 30 million per for six years. Uh, I think somebody will give that to him. If the Braves aren't willing to give it to him, somebody will give it to him. You know, that the Braves let him get this far to free agency, and I think that they were foolish to do so. Uh, they should have locked him up already. Uh, and the other reason, too, is I feel like if they're coming off a World Series championship, they feel like they could let him walk and not get the blowback because they're world champions. You know, some teams, sometimes teams do that. You know, the Nationals won the World Series. Oh, yeah, we could let Anthony Rendon and Bryce Harper go. You know, with, you know, um, they haven't been the same since, right? So, right. you know, I, I could see the same thing happening with the Braves where they, they decide that it's it's gotten too much. Uh, they should have signed them sooner. So they let them go. We'll see. You know, I, I could see another team jumping in and, and signing Freddie Freeman. Heck, if I'm the Phillies, I would offer him a good deal. Just to, for nothing else, drive up the price for the Braves. Um, right. And if he says yes, then by all means, you know, we have, there's, there could be a DH now. So, all right. Yeah, it's true. I got uh, two, two quick final questions here for you. One is uh, <clears throat> so we see the Mets are spending the stupid money, apparently, that the Phillies were supposed to spend just a shy two, three years ago. I think it's. Uh, for what the Mets are doing, I guess they're trying to supersede what Atlanta's doing, but I don't think it's going to be what exactly the Mets want. I guess with the new ownership, maybe they just want to spend money just because because they want to win now. And we've seen many teams that spend that kind of money and don't win now. So are the Mets of where the, how they're set up right now, again, post the uh, what the lockout, when it happens, would the Mets be now the front runners to win a division? No. I, 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 no, I don't hesitate at all in saying no. Um, Max Scherzer comes with a lot of risk. Yeah, you saw him kind of wear down in the playoffs. Yeah, it was all the way in the playoffs, but they're going to pay this guy forty million dollars at forty years old. Now, I say this as a forty-year-old man. You know, I'm old in baseball years, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. you know, since since steroids, nobody has really lasted that long. So, you know, that's not to say that he won't be the one that is, but there's there's some risk here. I, you know, I. Max Scherzer was phenomenal last year. In fact, I would I thought he was going to be the Cy Young Award winner. But you also have to remember with these additions the Mets are making, who they're subtracting, right? You know, they're subtracting Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, he didn't help him a lot last year. And they're also subtracting Marcus Stroman. So yeah. so the 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 net gain is a gain, absolutely. But it's not such a big gain that it's going to totally change the landscape uh, that that's out there, right? You follow what I'm saying? So they're essentially down two really solid starters, and they've they've only really added one to this point. So that's something that that I think is 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 worth worrying about. Um, you know, the Mets. You know, they added they added Marte, another old guy. Again, carries some risk. You know, he was injured a little bit this year. Uh, Mark Canna, I thought was a nice pickup. I you know. I thought, you know, he'll be a nice player for them. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, the, they, they, they still have other issues. Uh, <laughs> you know, Robinson Cano's coming back. You know, he was uh, his suspension will be up. Uh, yeah. Where do you play him and where do you play their other DHs? They still, have a, they, they still have a million DHs. At least they may actually have a DH next year to put them. But, um, you know, I could, see, I could see the Mets doing something stupid 
like then giving up on Dominic Smith and he goes to like the Oakland athletics and uh, is an all-star, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not overly thrilled with the Mets because they still had to subtract the Michael Confortos of the world. They had subtracted again, the two pitchers Syndergaard and, and Stroman. I think there's enough subtracted that there, there has been a gain, although it would be a little bit incremental at this point. So I, I don't make them a favorite. I think they have more work to do, uh, but we'll see. All right. And the last question that I have here, if Matt or if Gabe Kapler would have won the world series, would the Philly faithful be upset and second guess themselves saying, maybe we should have kept him around. See, I was someone who thought that uh, he wasn't the biggest problem as it was. Um, I, you know, Remember, Terry Francona managed in this town, and Terry mm -hmm. Francona ended up becoming one of the most respected managers ever. I think it worked well for Gabe Kapler that he got a lot of his mistakes out of the way uh, early, and sure. uh, you know, and 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 I think that the, you know the man that hired him, Farhan Zaidi, uh, would have loved to have hired him. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe would have even tried to work out a deal with the Phillies to trade for him or something. You know, they say they offer compensation sometimes, but. Uh, right. Now that that just worked out perfectly for for Kapler that he he got to go to the place with with the GM that he's in lockstep with in terms of approach the mentality and he had the ability to to make some mistakes and get them over with before he went there so you know I don't I I don't know that I I feel like that Phillies fans tend to think that what's happened since 2015 is Matt Clintex's fault um I know they like to complain about Kapler at the time, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like there's not a lot of Kapler hate left. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I mean, he was only here for two years um, that they, they didn't totally get to know him that well. And, and you know, um, I, I, I don't know. With Clintac gone, it, it seems to, 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 to send the message that it was not Kapler, it was Clintac. Right. You know, if, if they had changed the manager and that made the difference in the organization, well, then, you know, you could make the argument otherwise. But but I think I think because he was here so fast, I, I you know, I don't know that people are that worked up about Gabe Kapler, in other words. Um, and, you know, maybe the approach is, well, yeah, of course, he's 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 had success over there because that's what happens when, when you leave Philadelphia like Terry Francona. Yeah, no, that's true. But. Hey, Frank, thanks once again for coming back on with us here, being a part of the first 100 once again, because we appreciate you coming back on. I'm pretty sure we're going to have and we're going to have more baseball talk as we roll into the brand new year. So even though you may not be talking about it as far as when it comes, because there's not much to talk about, just as you said, but we'll end up getting back into it. I didn't even have the throwback night because, you know, <coughs> Fuji over here, he, he loves everything throwback. And he, he gets tired of talking to his best friend, Howie, but I'm pretty sure him and Matt Glentag will have tons of stuff to talk about. So, you know, they're, mm. they're, they're just like Howie. They're best <laughs> friends. But <laughs> one, one thing I need to, to, to say, the name I did not say, which is which I'm embarrassed because I, I was his biggest champion for the last two years was Ranger Suarez. That's the name I forgot to say. Why? You know, sometimes when I'm reading through a list in my head, they, you know, talking about doing this live on the air. I forget to count to five, right? So I'm like, wait a minute. I get to, I got to the end with Eflin. I'm like, who didn't I say? <laughs> but I think I didn't say my man Ranger Suarez, who uh, yeah. certainly had a, a really impressive Ouch. season. And 
really oh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. He made their life, the Phillies' life, a lot better going forward. I think. Oh, I I've been saying this for years that they needed a left-handed starter, and they just, you know, I know they, I know Clintac tried with John Smiley, no, Drew Smiley, yeah. <laughs> John John Smiley, the old pirate. I I'm so, my apologies. Um, yeah, but it just didn't just didn't work out, and finally, you know, they pulled out of the plum with Ranger Suarez out of the bullpen and Presto. Alcazar, he showed up. Amen. Well, Frank, for those that don't know, how can they find you on social media? And also, everyone can understand and where it can follow you as far as anything related to the Phillies. Well, as you can see on my oh wait, this direction, right down here. Yeah. I got I got to get my uh, screen right, right. So I'm at Frank Close <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you can find me 973ESPN.com and. If you're in South Jersey, uh, 97.3 FM, but we also have an app, 97.3 ESPN. So listen anytime. Tune into that. That's a great, I do have that app and I do listen to Mike Gillen, those guys over there. Appreciate it. No great show. Great Frank. station. Once again, thanks for coming back on. And uh, for everyone else, just hang out just a little bit longer as we will wrap everything up and we appreciate all of our guests coming on tonight. Thanks, guys. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. As you guys can see, obviously, we had, once again, a lot of uh, guests, and it was tough to to put it all together because if you were to look, it would have been probably a four-hour-plus show that evening. But once again, thanks to everyone who came on, especially tonight with Brandon Lee Gallon, Derek Gunn, Ed Kratz, and, of course, Frank Close. Thank you guys for making this show successful. We appreciate every single one of you to go that. Come back every single week. And for those who download the audio on iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, every social media platform that you're able to at least to download the show. So we do appreciate it. We also hope that everyone likes and subscribes to the show, especially over on the YouTube side. And take a look at our website as well, broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com, just like you see behind me on the wall, broadstsouth.com. So everyone have a great night. We will see you again on Tuesday nights. And I will put the showtime out a little bit later on on social media. But thanks to everyone. Uh, hopefully, Fuji had a great night off. Thanks to my producer, Debbie, over there in, in the next room. And for the guys from Steel City Renegades, everyone, please have a wonderful weekend. Be safe and make sure you take care of each other. We will see you back here on Tuesday night.